from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Software Radio. Software on time, on target. Uh, we bring you the best of what's going on in uh, the world of the military, as well as current affairs, political stuff. Uh, we, we have some upcoming um, interviews with former soldiers, sailors, and airmen who are running for office. So uh, you know, during this election time of the year, that's always some interesting stuff. But today we're going to be talking about some comedy. Uh, as many of you might remember, a couple of months ago, we uh, wrote a story about a bunch of veterans uh, who 
go by the old adage, laughter is the best medicine. And uh, Vets TV is probably not everybody's cup of tea, but for those of you who have actually been in the military, and you know the kind of dark humor, sometimes that impertinent kind of humor, out only military people can poke fun at themselves, and they usually do a very good job of it. And Vet TV is one of the best, um, I think, one of the best examples of that out there. Um, we talked about Vet TV a couple of months ago. As I mentioned, it, it's, it was the brainchild of a former Marine captain, and he's a wounded warrior himself, Donnie O'Malley. He spent six years as an infantry officer, rifle platoon commander. Uh, before he, you know, he finished his career with the Wounded Warrior Battalion. And as O'Malley wrote about himself, he was medically retired due to weak bone structure and chronic sand in his lady parts. So with that, we're going to bring our guest on because Vet TV has a new actor and director, uh, you know, uh, that, that you've brought in. I've watched some of his videos. I, I encourage everyone to check it all out. His name is Matthias. I hope I'm saying that correctly, Matthias Kinker. Yeah. And with that, we want to welcome him to the podcast. Matthias, thanks for joining us this morning. I know it's early uh, at your time out there in California. No, it's not. It's not. It's 10, it's 10 o'clock. No, but I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, um, it, as always, when it comes to the acting genre and directing, most people take a, a kind of direct approach, like all the other guys on Vet TV. You took the long uh, approach. You you actually joined military first. You spent, I believe, it was ten years in the Marines. And uh, so, tell us a little bit about growing up. I believe you were born in Cleveland, right? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, Cleveland, Ohio, is where I was born. And then, um, you know, I was raised near Akron, though. So. Yeah, yeah. Because growing up, uh, I had relatives in Cleveland. We used to go out there all the time. So I know that area a little bit. I'm not going to say I know well because it's been quite a few years. But that's a it's a tough place. It's a, it's it's made for tough people out there. So <laughs> what what possessed you to join the Marine Corps? Hmm. Uh, let's see here. I think some of it. Um, had to do with uh, some of my, you know, close friends that I had growing up. Um, mm -hmm. uh, their names were Ravon and Rashawn, and they wanted to join the military. So I was like, you know what, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it too. But I, we, 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 we made that decision, you know, when we were young, like mm -hmm. 10, 11. We knew that um, we wanted to join. So it took me, it, it, it was just, it was a long time before I could actually make it happen, you know? <laughs> so at that age, I knew I wanted to join at like 10, 11 years old, but you know, I couldn't leave until I was 18. I even tried getting my mom and my dad to sign off on some paperwork to have me, you know, get sent earlier, but they said no to that. <laughs> As most parents too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was 13, I decided I wanted to join the military and Told my parents that they were just like, and my father had served during World War II, and uh, oh. they were just like, oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you are, so I'm I'm kind of dating myself there. But gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, you joined the Marine Corps. Uh, uh, you ended up. I saw one of your videos, and uh, it was it was really. Good. Uh, we you talked about being a station in Okinawa, and it wasn't a favorite place of yours. No, <laughs> I I did not like uh, that deployment whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I know some. Uh, I, I my career was Army SF, and uh, first Special Forces Group has some guys out of Okinawa, and all those guys to a man loved it out there. And then I saw your your video, and it, it didn't strike a chord with you and Oki, huh? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Especially being on <laughs> Camp Schwab, out of all the places to be on, and then you know our our libo was always taken from us because you know people. Act stupid, <laughs> ruin it for the rest. Of it. So I just spent a lot of time just on, you know, within the gates of Schwab. And that was it was awful. Even I even wanted to. I was actually looking forward to go training, you know, to go train at any of these various places. But a lot of those things even got canceled due to whatever the case may um, be. But I'm like, okay, I, there's no libo, and and like I, I can't even train. Okay, well, now I just hate. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you spent 10 years in the Corps. Um, obviously, you know, you, you went up to become an NCO and you, you experienced a lot of different things. What was the uh, worst for you assignment you had? Was it Oki or was it your time in Afghanistan? What was worse? Mm. Oh, Oki. <laughs> I, would love to go back. I would have loved to be back in Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. I will say though, the the best deployment by far and the most fun was uh was Spain. Uh, yeah, oh, really? that was that was a lot of fun. And then um, you ended up at Camp Pendleton. I take it now that you're living there now, because I believe your wife is still in the Corps, right? Yeah, yeah, she's still she's still in. Uh, so. Yeah, we moved out here in 2018. We uh, she got orders out here after she became uh, a career planner, and I at that point in time I had spent seven and a half years on Lejeune, so you know mm -hmm. it, was, it was definitely time for uh, a different place. But um, yeah, I got sent out here after we got our orders, and uh, I went to Edson Range to go uh, teach recruits Table Two Combat Marksmanship. It, I imagine. I remember my time going through, you know, boot, and the guys who taught marksmanship, at least in the army, hated their job because <laughs> they they had so many knuckleheads coming through. I mean, and some of the guys I went through boot camp with should have never been allowed to hold a rifle at all. Never mind, you know, you know, put, uh, you know, um, um, you know, live rounds down range. And some of those guys are just awful you know and uh i remember the, the guys who ran the ranges back in that that time you know they, they were being stressed out mm -hmm. yeah so so what uh what possessed you to decide that you know acting because that's a big career change going you know from being a marine uh, to an acting director was it something that was always in your mind or did this something did this just pop up for you yeah, so you're right. It is a, it is a huge career change. Um, 
and especially, you know, uh, nine years, 10 years in the in Marine Corps, you know, I was, and I was good at that. So it, it was a very, it was a hard decision to, uh, to, to make, to get out and, and just pursue something completely different. But, um, I mean, I've always liked, uh, making people laugh. Uh, so that, that kind of started out. I, I used uh, social media platforms to make that happen. And uh, Vine was the first thing uh, that I used is six, sh- like really short six second clips, you know, and I would come up with like uh, these different bits to do. And the challenge was doing something that was going to make someone laugh, you know, hard within, you know, six seconds. Uh, so it started out there. And then, you know, my friends told me, that I had an act for it and uh, you know, I was hilarious. And what if you just take this to a different level, man? How about you become a filmmaker? Now this, this was back in, I would say 2014 when uh, my friend, my friend's the one that planted that idea in my head is become a filmmaker because I, I, I mean, I love doing that. I would just shoot on my, uh, on my phone and edit on my phone. And uh, I had to teach myself a few things, but then, you know, after he brought that up, or after he mentioned it, I was like, nah, there's no way. I can never be a filmmaker. I can never be, I can never act. I can never do that. This is just for fun, you know? Uh, and it was a, it was a hobby. That's what it was. And then as the, um, you know, as time passed, I continued to do, uh, to, to make these videos. Uh, Vine went away. So then I moved to Instagram. Then I moved to YouTube. And I just continued to, you know, uh, make these things uh, with some friends that, that didn't mind acting a fool in front of the camera. <laughs> but, um, then, you know, I, I never forgot what he said. And then um, I made the decision to really pursue filmmaking. Probably mm-hmm. two, three, uh, two and a half, two and a half years before I got out. And so that pretty much that first year I spent studying. That's what, that's what I did. I just spent, uh, my time studying and learning and uh then that second year i set out to actually uh make films i made my own uh start making my own short films and whatnot uh during that point in time i had i was actually in okinawa and i had uh i came across better in television and I was looking at all their content. And I was like, you know what? I, I could do that. And that's what I told myself. I'm like, I, I could do that. I could do that. And, that. and how awesome would it be to be uh, to work with these guys? Like they that the the dark comedy is something that I'm like I love. And so I, I um I just reached out to Daniel Malley. I sent him a DM. I'm like, all right, there's no way there's no way he's going to even see this or even respond, you know? And he did. <laughs> he did. He looked through all my content. He he told me that uh, I had a lot of potential. There's a lot of talent there. I understood comedy. We could we always are looking for writers, and uh, you know everything else. Um, the thing is, is I know Donnie tells uh, a lot of people this, especially if they're interested in filmmaking. And uh, the the difference between myself and most of these other people that he talks to, I'm sure, is is the fact that uh, I I stayed consistent with it. So he told me everything I needed to work on, what I needed to study, who I needed to watch and all this other stuff. And I did that. I just kept going, kept going. And I would, you know, touch base with him. Hey, Donnie, I did this, this and this. I learned this. Like uh, now, you know, I'm starting on this now. What do you think about this? Just picking at his brain, picking at his brain um, uh, every step of the way. And then once, um, once I felt as 
if you know i i uh learned as much as i could because I, I was just teaching myself youtube videos just googling things and whatnot and um then i was like okay well i gotta go out and do this so you're not gonna really learn until you until you do uh especially in filmmaking so i mean you want to be a filmmaker you got to go out and make films so uh then i started making short films um after each one I'd make, I'd bring it back to Donnie and uh, uh, whoever else over at Bet TV, and I'd have them look it over, give me um, some good uh, constructive criticism, you know, uh, giving me good notes about what I need to change, work on. Then I okay, then I'd set out to make another one, and I I made seven short films. Uh, I made seven of them, one of which I uh, actually entered into some uh, film festivals. It's getting a lot of recognition, so that's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> And then at that point, at that point in time, after I made all my short films, you know, I, uh, um, it was, I was getting out of the Marine Corps at that time. And then, you know, I had already established this relationship with Donnie and a lot of other people at Bet TV and Donnie had been talking saying, saying many good things about me and whatnot. And, you know, I just, you know, I got, the, <laughs> I got the job. He hit me up. He's like, Hey, listen, we're going to contract you out. And we want you to um, we want you to start writing a series called Meanwhile in the Field. And it's going to be, uh, you know, just all the hilarious moments and, and funny things that happen <laughs> while you, you, yeah, you're, you're saying that I saw the, the teaser trailer for that. And I, I mean, again, I think a lot of this dark humor is all absolutely riveted in truth, because just from the trailer that I saw, we all remember seeing crazy stuff like that, right? Am I am I telling it? I mean, that's exactly that's what makes it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many. I have you know, it's so many so many stories. Uh, uh, it's been a lot of my time out in the field, you know, in the infantry. So, um, and then anyone else like so? I mean, the series is is army and you know uh, army infantry. But honestly, <laughs> if you've ever been to the field, you can you can relate. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Matter what ranch or and, and, and Johnny place that your I guess it's your platoon sergeant. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> and I'm thinking back to this yeah. to that trailer, and I cracked up. You, you know, oh, airborne, fucking airborne, or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I mean, how many NCOs have we met that are exactly that way? Yep. And uh, I mean, it was it was really good. But going back to what you were just talking about. Um, so you're basically you taught yourself filmmaking. You didn't go to school for that. No, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I did not go to school uh, for it. And you know, a lot of my research that I that I had uh, seen is a lot of people question whether or not film school is worth it. And now I, I do think it's worth it. Um, but and I will go. I will more than likely go eventually. But I mean. I've had some friends that were uh, going through film school as they saw me working with vet TV. And, and one of the funniest things uh, someone said to me, one of my friends was like, she was like, I'm sitting in a class right now learning lighting. And she looked at one of my posts on Instagram. She's like, you're sitting there doing it in real life, you know? So, mm -hmm. so. Um, <clears throat> I'm Katia Adler, host of the global story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC, wherever you listen to podcasts.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Yeah, because it's like, you, I don't know, you, it's got to go out and do it. That, that's oh, the, yeah, I mean, there's, education is a, a wonderful thing, but there's no substitute for, you know, experience. And uh, it's yeah. just like the military. I mean, we can train and train and train, but until you actually go out and do your job, you know, uh, that's when you actually start learning how to do it, right? Exactly. Yes, 100%. But um, one of your short films uh, that you made, uh, I watched it last night, and I watched it again this morning, Blind Date. It was another one. I mean, that, that was really good because we've all been there, <laughs> right? I mean, we've all been there. You try to set up your friend with somebody, and then they just panic and, <laughs> I mean, you should completely show their ass. Am I right? <laughs> Ruin everything. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. And uh, your, two, your two co-stars were excellent in that as well. Yeah, they were. They were. I really like that one. <clears throat> now, had you worked with those uh, folks before, uh, these friends of yours? Or? No, no. So that was a, that was a whole other thing, too. So um, um, the only person that I worked with consistently over and over again was uh, the, the director of photography. Uh, Brody, mm-hmm. the best. So, you know, I would tell him, I would come to him with uh, three different, uh, well, I just, I would just come to him with scripts and then, you know, he'd tell me, he, he would guide me, uh, tell me like how, how I needed to go about you know, looking for um, uh, actors and actresses and, and anything else, shoot locations and wardrobe and all that other stuff. And, uh, you know, doing it on your own, it, it forces you to really learn every aspect of uh, filmmaking. So, 
Um, I used, I always cast it from uh, San Diego and I just used, uh, I used uh, uh, Facebook pages, face, Facebook groups. And I would put out a casting call like, hey guys, you know, doing this, this and this is what it's about. If you're interested, email me, headshots, uh, resumes and uh, uh, reels if you have them, you know. And then I would, you know, have to sit there and then you play the uh, role as a casting director now. So now I'm like looking through all these emails that I got and seeing who wants to do what. A lot of people in San Diego are just looking for um, to build their, uh, to build the skill up. LA is a little different. LA is a little different. I feel like everyone out in LA thinks that think that they've made it. <laughs> Whereas, uh, the community, the acting community out here in uh, you know in San Diego is a little different. They just they you know they more than happy just to work for credits. You know what I mean? Just get the experience. Yeah. 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 Now, um, now the people that work at Vet TV, I know the actors are, are all veterans of all the different services. Uh, the the people behind the cameras. Are they uh, a lot of veterans as well, or are those just uh, young filmmakers? Uh, so I mean, a lot of yeah, there are a lot of uh, veterans at uh, at Vet TV. Not uh, everyone is though, um, mm -hmm. but uh, majority, yeah. I think that's awesome. I it mean, is. for veterans who are, are looking to get into that, you know, uh, realm, that's a great place for them to look to. I mean. Because a lot of it, again, watching some of the the clips from Vet TV and you know the, your your trailer for the upcoming Meanwhile in the Field, um, you know a lot of it is not really acting because it's stuff we've all acted out in real life. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> well, definitely. So you know, do you have a favorite? Uh, I know you've done quite a few short films. Do you have a favorite one of that, that I made? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I would. I would have to say Social Outcast. That's the so. So whenever I first set out to uh, make uh, short, make my short films, I, I had this story in mind, and uh, like I said, it's called Social Outcast, and I started writing it, and. It was so long, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. That was my first script that I was writing and everything. And then uh, this one, I, I told myself, well, I eventually found out that this one, I was like, okay, this is a, this, this is more of a passion project and I need to, I need to start with something much smaller, you know, because I was looking at the, at the, um, the number of pages that I had, which I ended up having to trim down anyways, but it was like 50 pages already. <laughs> so, uh, like, yeah, I can't, I can't set out to make a film like this. I don't know what I'm doing. So, you know, I um, started out with something, you know, much smaller. And then <clears throat> I, I made each film a little bit more complicated uh, as I went. And then by the time uh, I felt good enough to write Social Outcast, I was probably, probably, <clears throat> uh, that was a while later, it was a, a long time. Mm -hmm. Like it's like a year since I first since I first wrote it and I rewrote the script several different times uh, while I was still uh, making uh, making these other short films and teaching myself and learning and whatnot. So uh, yeah, got to a point where I was comfortable enough to film my passion project, and then that's the one I'm like, okay, cool, this is going to be done at the beginning of January, and I'm not going to make a short film. All of Jan, all, I mean, all of uh, 2020. I'm not going to make another short film. I'm just going to enter this one into film festivals. 
And that's what, and that's what I've been doing. And like I said, it's been getting a lot of recognition. And and as I, I'm glad it is because, you know, took a lot of, uh, a lot of effort to put that one together. Oh, that's great. And, uh, you know, so mean, meanwhile in the field that that's getting, I mean, complete. Uh, so now that's getting ready to be released on Vet TV. Is it not? Uh, is that next week that it comes up? Yep, September 9th. I can't wait to watch that one because, uh, <laughs> as I said, and I encourage all our listeners out there, uh, if you haven't done it yet, check out Vet TV. Um, you know, for all of us who've been there, I mean, because it's all it's all based in fact. I mean. Yeah, you sometimes say the guys, you know, you, you play it a little bit over the top, but we've all seen that stuff. And I think that's what makes the military so compelling to people because we have a very serious job, as everyone knows. Anyone who's been there knows it's a serious business we're in, but there's times, and there's a lot of times, even in times of, you know, you're out in a combat situation, some crazy shit happens. And, you know, I mean, and we all have to admit it, right? The military has some compelling characters in there. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's really hard. And a, and a lot of those guys are now working at Bed TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, with Vet TV and, and uh, recreating these stories from, you know, the audience and whatnot, because there's so many crazy things that happens, like you said in the military and there's many different characters and whatnot and it's <laughs> we just take that and run with it <laughs> yeah Let's oh, know, and, uh, like, really about you know yeah really well about. and that's what's that's what's so good about it is because you know for those of us who have been in the military and, and it's going to resonate because we've all seen ex- exactly you know this type of situation and i think that well, there's Going back, I mean, you know, I'll go back to the days of my boot camp. I think all good military instructors have a little bit of comedian in them because they can tell you you're the lowest form of life on earth and they'll make it to where you're trying not to crack up laughing. And I remember that because I had a hard-ass drill sergeant. I used to say I thought he was Richard Pryor's cousin. Because uh, he would call me every name in the book, and and I'd be biting my lip trying not to laugh. And, uh, you know, because, I mean, he was hilarious. And um, one of my good friends at the time was a country kid from Carolina. He could never stop from laughing. And you, you know what happens when you laugh, and then you pay the price. So uh, but I always, I always remember him. And funny thing, years later, I think it was maybe 10 years later, I ran into my old drill sergeant, mm. and uh, and I, I started talking to him, and he remembered me and the kids that could never stop laughing. And he was like, yeah, that was the kid with the howdy duty face that could never stop laughing. I remember that. And I, I see yep, and, uh and he goes, you know how hard it was for me to keep a straight face looking at you knuckle? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Said, yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. So... Yeah. Anyway, enough about me. So, what's next on it for you? You just finished this project. Do you have something on online now coming up uh, that you're planning on? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm actually. So, 
you know, this whole COVID-19 thing is, uh, is really just been difficult <laughs> for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, has that, has that impacted your guys and your filming? Uh, no, no, it, it, it hasn't. We, we can't. So that's what I was going to go into is that we can't, you know, we're not doing our larger productions, uh, like mm-hmm. the, the, the big ones, say a grunts life through, you know, recruiters, mm-hmm. Uh, these other larger productions we had to postpone, you know, and, and, and push to the right, but we still had to, you know, we want to release content to the, uh, to our audience every week still. So, you know, what we did was, um, I mean, we're pretty much self-sustaining. We use our in-house actors. We have writers, directors, actors, you know, director of photography. We have editors, we have, you know, producers, all, all that stuff. So we, Basically, what we have to do now, and what and that's what me on the field was, you know, it was, uh, same thing with uh, maybe drone boys. I don't know, I don't know, but <clears throat> just uh, smaller productions, you know, skeleton crew. We don't want very many people on set; uh, they don't have to be uh, things like that. So, but with with how uh, you know COVID has in- impacted us in that way, with us not being able to do our larger shows, we got people. You know, our audience is asking us, like, when a Grunts Life season two is, you know, coming out because, uh, you know, they love that. <laughs> That's my favorite scene. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, and, uh, you know, the meanwhile in the barracks, is that, that filmed on a military? Is that was that filmed on a military installation? Oh, uh, no, I don't I don't I don't believe it was <laughs> because it I, looks like one. <laughs> I actually know uh, season two of Meanwhile in the Barracks was actually filmed at our office. <laughs> really? Yeah. All- you know the way they have it set up. It, I mean, it actually looks like a military installation. Mm-hmm. Now that's awesome. That, yeah. that is awesome. Is <laughs> oh. But uh, so basically, um, what um Donnie wanted me working on next is giving the audience something uh for you know a grunt's life. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start writing these uh you know micro content. Uh, sketches that are dealing with Lieutenant Murphy and his platoon before the deployment that they're getting ready to go on and that we will see them on in season two. So oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so, you know, when it comes to the creative process, do you guys, do you write separately or do you guys write together? Uh, we do write together. Uh, we usually have a, you have, there's you know, the head writer and then the secondary writer, and there could be a third as well. And, uh, but the, you know, the head writer is the one that's actually doing the writing and whatnot. And then we bring on, um, uh, consultants and whatnot. So for meanwhile in the, in the field, you know, I'm Marine Corps infantry, you know, I'd imagine the army infantry's culture isn't too much, you know, different than ours, but, um, I didn't know anything about the 82nd. Uh, airborne, and I and I didn't know anything about the 101st Rockassons, so mm-hmm. uh, I had to talk to people. You know, um, put it up. Uh, we made we created an Army Infantry uh, Bet TV uh, Facebook uh, group. Got a whole bunch of people in there, and then um, you know, as I'm pulling information from the audience from them, um, I, I I found the ones that were really giving me the most feedback. And then I would bring them on as a consultant. I'm like, okay, cool. This right here, these are the stories that I have in mind. This is what I want to do. Would you got? Would you guys say this, or how would your platoon commander act in this situation, or how would the squad leader, or what are your what are your junior, you know, enlisted like? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And, then, and, then, and, then, and again, I don't think it's that big a difference. I mean, some of the jargon might be a little different between the Corps and the Army when it comes to the infantry guys, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, grunt, grunts are the same everywhere. Grunts I mean, again, grunts are, yeah. <laughs> and then when, when it comes to the, that dark humor, I mean, there's, you know, you have to have a thick skin. Uh, you do. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, if somebody messes up, you know you're going to hear that person's going to hear it for a very long time until somebody else messes up. So, uh -huh. And even still, they you know, do look out like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, like I was in special forces, and later on to the eternal uh, regret, they made me an officer. So, you know, uh, my guys would always harp on me. I mean. You know, it, rank had no privilege in SF, so uh, you know, guys would, oh, you know, dig on you hard as just everyone else. So you just had had to learn how to deal with it, and uh, and then you just dig on everyone when it's their turn. That's the way it works. Yep. But uh, no, this is great. I'm again I, I, to our listeners out there. Uh, if you haven't checked out Vet TV yet, you really need to do so because the, it's it's really really well done. Uh, it's very very funny, uh, and they have a lot of really talented people there. And and uh, Matthias is, is one of those talented people that's on on the show there. And, and we we look forward to hearing uh, a lot more from you in the very near future. <clears throat> So before we wrap this up, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Um, let's see here. Hmm. Um, well, be on the lookout for me while on the field is uh, dropping next week. Yeah, that, that, that gets released September 9th. September 9th. On yeah. TV. Yeah, on right. TV. And, mm -hmm. Subscribe if you have it. Yes, if you haven't subscribed to Vet TV, I think uh, it, it'd be in your best interest to do that. I think you'll enjoy it. It's really, really good stuff, and uh, we look forward to hearing a lot more. And yeah, I, I look forward to seeing some of you more. If you do any independent short stories, I look forward to seeing those again. Um, like I said, I love the way. I haven't checked out social outcasts yet, so that that'll be next on my uh, agenda. But I also like bad time to be in homie's house. So, uh, huh. and when you when your boss don't care, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be looking forward to some more of those. So, um, yeah, but thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. I, I know you, you have some stuff lined up this afternoon, so uh, we don't want to take too much of your time up, but. Uh, no, it's all Thank good. you for joining us. Thanks for being on Software Radio. And uh, please do uh, keep in touch with us and let us know how you're doing. And we'll be watching uh, and expecting great things from you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. It was our pleasure. Mm -hmm. So, folks, thanks for listening. This has been Steve Bowser and Matthias Hinker. Uh, you've been listening to Software Radio on Time on Target. We'll be back with another episode in the very near future. So keep tuned, folks.
been listening to Soft Rep Radio. New
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 